Naomi, welcome to the Productive Producer Podcast. Thanks for having me, Max. Glad we could come today to Warrialda. Yeah, it's good to be in Warrialda and the little drive over. It was nice and green after the, the rain, which is good to see. Yeah, and today we're going to be talking about weaning cattle. Yes, um, we've got a good time for weaning at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah, our producers are either um, thinking about weaning or in the process of weaning at the moment. Particularly in the Northern Tablelands, the weaner sales are definitely in full swing. Yep. So what determines the best age? And it's going to vary between property and property, but what things should people consider to when to time their weaning? I think probably the biggest thing to consider to consider is the condition score of the cows um it really comes down to where those cows are sitting in the paddock and what grass you've got in front of you um as to to when to pull pull those calves off yep and we're considering two and a half to a fat score three yeah if you can maintain them at that um and get the calves off at sort of five to six months old give those cows a chance to get a bit of condition on ready for that next calf that would be the ideal yep and preparation to weaning is always important. What's, uh, what are some things producers should consider? Um, I think the biggest thing in with weaning in general is stress. And so anything you can do in the lead up to weaning to reduce stress is a positive. So if you're able to get those calves started on the feed that they'll be on, um, when, when you do wean, I think that's a, a good thing to try and do. And one way of doing that is creep feeding? Yeah, absolutely. There's been a lot of success with creep feeding um, coming up through the drought. People have got more comfortable with it. It's something that wasn't really done prior to drought, but it's something that's becoming a routine practice, particularly out in the northwest. People are doing it more and more to actually get those calves started on a creep feeder. There's a lot of benefits beyond just weaning. You can get extra kilos on your calves if you're going to be selling them as weaners. Um, you get to maintain your grass and, and not put as much pressure on the cows in the paddock as well. Yep. For those people who aren't familiar with creep feeding, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah, so essentially with creep feeding, what you're aiming to do is to provide feed to the calf and not to the cow. So it can help if you're feeding them a grain supplement, it can help to develop their room microflora. The idea is you would get the cow and calf started on, on the feed that you want the calf to eat, and then you would have a system in place where the calf can access the feed and the cow can't. So they're either going into a paddock or going into a grain feeder where the cow can't get into. Yeah, you, there's a number of ways you can do it um, and there's been quite a bit of creativity but you could either have, if you've got a paddock of, um, of lucerne or, or a really good quality feed next door, um, you could set it up so that the calves can get into that paddock but the cows can't or you can have a system in the paddock where you might be feeding out some grain where the calves can walk into it and get the supplement but the cows can't, they have to stay on the outside. Yep, and you mentioned earlier before age of weaning depends a majority of the time on the fat score of the cow. So what age, if we're monitoring the fat score and the fat score is consistent, what age can people wean from and to? I prefer to look at it in kilos rather than age. Um, So if you've got an animal that's 150 kilos and you've got the feed available to put in front of them, you can wean them. Um, A lot of people won't be pulling them off. That was sort of more what we were seeing with early weaning in the drought. So most people won't be pulling them off at 150 kilos, but it can be done. Um, Any point from that, if you if you need to pull them off you can but generally as a rule it's been done around five six months some people are carrying them longer if the feed's available which in a lot of places it will be this season but that five six month is sort of the the marker i think most people work by and also considering what markets in place they have for it yeah absolutely i mean if the wiener market's good and you've got big fat sappy wieners on your car on your cows and there's an opportunity to capitalize on that and get them gone um, um you, you'll do you'll do that yeah and you're re um, before we started recording, you were talking about a podcast you were listening to when they were talking about 
um, the microflora development and the age of weaning. Can you circle yeah. back to that for us? <laughs> yeah, so I was listening to the Herd Quitter podcast um, and Will- Wally Olsen was talking about over there where on their property they aim to keep the, the heifer calves on their mothers for eight to ten months. Um, they believe and they seem to understand that it helps to develop the rumen microflora. Um it seems to be working well for them over there. I don't know if in Australian systems and particularly in the Northwest and the Tablelands, we have enough feed in front of the animals to be able to carry them for that long. And I need to look more closely at the science to actually see if there is a benefit. But if you are putting the effort into developing the room microflora of those calves prior to weaning, um, then it's, it's a good process just to get them off that bit earlier. I think, I don't know if there's much benefit in having the calf on there competing for resources for that extended period. Yeah, very true. And whilst we're talking pre-weaning, is there any techniques people should be doing or things you said about reducing stress prior to weaning? How can we encourage these cattle to be more competent and de-stressed themselves before we actually go to the weaning process? Look, in an ideal system, you would have all your marking done. So vaccinations, you would have steered your calves prior to actually bringing them in for physical weaning. And also, as you you'd mentioned earlier, Max, if you give those calves some time away from mum just in the yards when you are doing those routine management procedures, then they gradually get to know that they will be separated from mum and it's okay. So that can help reduce stress come weaning when you do separate the calves. So taking that bit of extra time out, branding or calf marking or when you're getting those cows in to give them a pesty virus, separating them and would you look at giving handling them or running them through the crush or something then? Look, I'm a really firm believer that anything you can do and any time you can invest into weaner education will have a benefit at the back end when you're dealing with those animals as they get older. So definitely, if you're able to run those animals through the yards in a calm manner and get them used to being handled and have those routine practices done, um, there's a benefit for that from a young age. And we see that with imprinting on those calves. And then after weaning as well, if you are able to even just walk them through and have you crushed and your race gates open and just have them quietly walking through the the race in the yards and getting to know the flow of the yards a couple of times, it can have huge benefits when you bring them in the next time as a mob themselves um, to actually know know what's expected of them and where to go and know that it'll be okay at the back end that they get to go out and eat some more grass. So it really does help reduce that stress impact. Yep, yeah, in building their confidence. Absolutely. Yeah, so we might move to the actual process of weaning and it's not really a one-size shoe fits all approach with this no it'd be all well and good for us to sit here and say this is what you should do and this is what you recommend and this is how it needs to be done but everyone will have their own system on farm of how they do things and what they've found has worked i think what's more important to focus on is getting those basic principles right because that can really make the difference between having a successful weaning and having a train wreck at the end of the day so there's a few different weaning techniques that people use and we might just touch on some of those to begin with so one that we see not too often is the rings that they put on the calves. Yeah, they've they've been around for a while and there's varying reports with rings. I know we tried the, the nose ring. So essentially you put the, it's a piece of ringed plastic that you put into the nose and then it stops the calf from being able to drink. So they go, they stay with mum, they go and try and have a drink and they can't um, actually get on the teat. So we trialed those at home a few years ago and as it turns out we had one particularly precocious little bull calf who worked out how to flip it up and get on the teat anyway and proceeded to educate the other weaners on how that was done so we haven't had great success but i know some people have had really good success with them 
um, and using them. It can be a good way if you don't want to separate the cows and calves and have a lot of noise. It's a good way to do it with low stress. I think it is probably just important just to make sure they are fitted well and they're working as they should. Is it low stress or is it prolonging the stress? <laughs> Look, it's we trialled it um, to see how it would go and it, it didn't work for us. Um, I've sent, sort of heard comments six of one and a half dozen of the other with regards to that. My preferred way to do it, which has worked well, and if you've got the setup and can do it, is to actually wean the calves, keep mum close, keep the cow close to the calf, where she can come to the fence, see the calf, calf can see her, they know it's okay, she goes and graze, and after a few days she's off doing her own thing, is probably grateful for a break from the calf anyway, um, and then the calves sort of settle down within that week to two weeks and are quite happy in themselves. It just really helps to reduce the stress of, of pulling them off and sending mum down the back where you inevitably end up with either cows or calves trying to get through fences or walking fences to get back to them. So after a few days you'd look at walking that mob of cows away? Yeah we find quite often um, the cows will take themselves away they'll sort of come up a few times and then each day it'll get less and less that they'll come and check the calves and eventually get to a point where they'll be grazing and they'll hear a bellow and sort of pop their head up and have a look and then not worry about it anymore so once they get to that point you're quite free just to move them on and they're they're quite happy to to go their way they know the calves are there and they're okay so some factors to consider with using that approach is first one for me is how close your house is to the yards yeah absolutely you probably don't want to be doing it next to the neighbor's place um but i think you don't certainly in my experience and talking to people you don't get as much noise by having them there on a fence line or with the mothers um either just outside the yards in a holding paddock or on a fence line with them it's not as noisy as if you take them off and completely separate them. Um, you might have had different experience, Max, but that seems to be um, the easiest and less stress and less noisy way um, to do it that we've sort of come across. Yep, and making sure your fence and infrastructure's up to scratch. Oh, absolutely. You've got to have good fences in place to do any sort of cattle work, but particularly at weaning. And that's something else in the lead up to weaning, sort of your 30 days out, you want to make sure that um, you've got your yards are ready and you've got your water ready and feed and all those things are sort of lined up so you're not trying to find those a day before or the day of weaning have everything there ready to go and then if you do get any health issues then you've got everything set up the yards are ready to go to to get them in and treat them if needed so people who yard wean versus paddock wean can you touch on those options a little bit yeah look they they both work well um the key to both is to reduce the stress. So yard weaning is good in that it's contained. If you do have animals that are a bit flighty, it's a bit easier to keep them contained and in a group. There are considerations around dust if it's dry and muddy if it's wet, which can impact animal health. Um, and also with regards to density, you don't want to pack them in too, too tight or have too many numbers in there. So if you are yard weaning or paddock weaning, you sort of don't want to be running mobs of more than 100 head. And also if you are having big numbers you want to be splitting them up by weight so you don't want to have a 180 kilo calf with a 300 kilo um, weaner because then you'll you'll get social stress within the group as well so if you are able to split them up based on weight groups um, that's a that's a good way to do it with paddock and yarding so the first thing or one of the first things you do when you take them into the yards is to put them over the scales yeah highly recommend weighing them at weaning um, we said earlier you sort of don't want to do too much management activities with them at weaning but the the two exceptions would be to weigh them which by this point they should be used to going through and being weighed anyway and also giving them a drench just to help reduce any parasite burden that could be there and cause troubles at weaning yep for those calves that are yard 
in the paddock weaned. Um, they'd be want to be pretty wild and not that flighty, but considering keeping them in a paddock or a cooler of a day and moving them into the yards of a night time. Yeah, that's a definite way to do it. It sort of keeps them safe and tucked up of a night as well. Um, make sure they've got plenty of access to shade. You you don't want to be having them sort of out in the hot sun if you're weaning in February or March. Um, so certainly shade, access to good quality water that they're going to want to drink and making sure they know where, where the water is and where their feed is is important. But in all regards with all that, the main thing is to keep eyes on them. Um, the best thing you can do, whether it's cows in the paddock or weaners in a yard, is to keep eyes on them and just make sure that um, the animals are happy and healthy. You're making sure that um, you're not seeing any that aren't getting to water or aren't getting to feed, aren't getting unwell. The, the sooner you can keep on top of those things, the better. And one thing you want to avoid, and you want to do these techniques well so when you put them out in their bigger paddock for the first time they're not walking around the perimeter you see that driving around the place sometimes after weaning and those cattle are just going backwards so taking the time educating them reducing the stress and getting them accustomed to new environments really pays off yeah and i think cattle will naturally want to walk a boundary just to see where the boundaries are and source where water is the issue comes when they keep walking Mm. um but if you've put the effort into that early education with them both with on mum and after weaning and you've gone through the effort of working them as a mob in the paddock and through the yards all of those things are going to help at the back end because at the end of the day stress is reduced productivity and that's not what we want and you mentioned before we started recording is your technique of handling livestock with your weaners should probably be with how you intend anticipate to handle them through the course of their stay on your property. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're going to be using dogs or motorbikes or horses or whatever it would be or any combination of the above, while you've got the weaners in there, give them that time to settle as a group and then you don't want to be doing it too frequently and for multiple hours a day. But if you can go in with a bike and just quietly and have the time and the patience to do it, but just get the mob moving around the paddock where you want them to go with the bike or with the dogs and get them used to it. So when you are in a bigger paddock and they're having their first, it's not their first experience in a massive paddock and they're wanting to try and and bolt or run, they sort of know what's expected of them. It's not anything new for them. um, And that way you can do everything a lot easier. Yeah. And... Overhandling weaners, like if you handle them too much, they can just become numb and they won't be learning anything. Would you like to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, look, it really comes back to a stress response again. We don't want to be doing too much with them, but we don't want to be doing too little either. Um, so it's a it's a bit like having kids, and if you're sitting kids at a school desk for seven hours a day all day and they don't get lunch or recess and a break, you're not going to get much out of them at the back end. It's, it's much the same. Um, probably not the best analogy but I mean you can't do too much with them at any point in time um so yeah a little a little bit and it doesn't need to be a lot to make a difference I know even if you're you're running through putting through the yards twice you'll notice a difference the second time around compared to the first it's really just education is important for them and tailing wieners is a big thing in Queensland I know that they have different breeds typically to what we have on the northern tablelands and northwest region can you talk about tailing weaners and why they might be doing that in those areas? Yeah, so it's really about teaching the mob how to work as a mob and walk out as a mob. Um, and so it's it's probably not done... I, I know you said earlier it's not done as much in the tablelands. Is that... Oh, it's not done a whole heap in the yep. tablelands, though producers will be doing it. Yep. 
And look, tailing is just another factor of um, of wiener education. Yes. So it's it's really just about getting the mob used to moving as a mob, knowing that what you expect of them, where they need to go, how to how to work with whatever gear you're using. So I think it really plays into any of that wiener education. If you're able to do it and put the time into it, you're going to get a return on the investment of that time when it when they do come back into the yards to be used next time um, and as mature animals if you're attaining your heifers. Yep. And density of yarding, if you're yard weaning or you're putting them in the yards of a night, there's no one-size-shoe-fits-all approach because every set of yards is different. So any thoughts or comments on how full or mob size yeah, look, I think you said it earlier about a third a third of the yard to your wieners. And this is, again, comes into keeping eyes on them. You want to make sure that they've got room, that they're not packed too tight. Any sort of social stress in that regard from being packed too tight or have too many animals um, will, will cause a problem. But you also, if it's dry in yards, you don't want to have them packed so they're kicking up dust. It's more feces and manure that's going to cause um, health issues as well. So... Yeah, it's not a one-size-fits-all because it's all well and good to sit here in the office and say you should be running them at this density, but the reality is you work with what you've got. So it's really about um, making sure they're not packed in too tight and not using... um, Sorry. Um, Yeah, you just need to make sure they're not not getting packed in too tight. You're not adding stress um, and health issues. And also, in terms of making sure you haven't got too many animals in, is looking at how do they access feed and water if you've only got a small trough you need to have smaller numbers because the animals won't have as much space to actually be able to get in and get a drink of water or get into the hay feeder and have a feed so so there's other considerations that play into density as well in just maintaining access and while we're talking about feed if you're yard weeding or moving them into the yards of a night time ad lib feed yeah i'm i'm an advocate for ad lib feed um some people feed morning and night but I think in that regard, particularly if you are running with bigger mobs of animals, it's having that feed available to them so that they can access the feed at any time. Um, and generally, you spent time in feedlots too, animals really get in a pattern of feeding, so they'll go up at a certain time of the day and eat, and generally they'll in a feedlot they'll hit the same spot on a bunk, and I've seen similar with cattle in yards as well. They like to go to the same spot and eat. They're creatures of habit. So if you're not providing adequate access to the feed... Um, and they're going up and there's nothing there, well, then they won't return until it's their turn to have something to eat again. Yep, so we're looking, probably steering away from some of your straws and that type of product and moving more towards your haze and your better quality feeds, like with that higher energy and protein and digestibility. Yeah, young animals need really good quality feed. So high protein, good energy. Um, You're looking at oat and hay, vetch hay, ideally feed-tested hay, or something with a lot of green leaf if you're going with hay. Oats is a good option. Um, you do still need to be cautious with with feeding oats, and a lot of people think you just chuck it out, but it does still have starch in it, which is what causes acidosis issues. But oats is a good option if you've got access to it. You can use any sort of grain. It's just applying the same principles as feeding a cow, slow and steady with it. But really good quality feed is important for those wieners, or you're just going to see them go backwards. And possibly steer away if you haven't introduced them to the feed prior and throwing a whole bunch of something new in front of them may not be the best option. Yeah, and even just feeding, if you're feeding into a feed bunk, if you've got brain that you're putting in a bunk, if they haven't experienced a bunk while on the cow, that's something that's new and novel to them, so it'll take them time to actually get over their fear and show some inquisitiveness to go up and eat. Whereas, as we said, with creep feeding and, and getting them exposed to those novel stimuli in the paddock, 
if they can actually be on a bunk or eating out of a hay feed or drinking out of a trough with mum while she while they're in the paddock then it's not something new for them they they see it when they're in the yards or in the paddock when you wean them they know what it is they know what it's for and they're straight onto it you're not losing that time in them trying to figure out what it is and what they've got to do with it yeah very valid and animal health considerations like yard base is pretty important particularly last year in the northern tablelands we were so wet during weaning weaning keeping cattle in yards for an extended period of time was just causing so many foot issues yeah it's been a big one with it being wet and the alternative as well is dry um so it's really paying attention and in that instance you'd be looking to try and get them out as soon as you can or reduce your numbers so that there's more space for them they're not contributing as much manure and we to the slop as well um and adding that um that issue with with manure management the other big health consideration with weaners which a lot of people have trouble with is respiratory disease um so putting um large groups of animals that are young they don't have a great immune system yet in a confined area under stress leads to respiratory issues and one of the best ways i was talking to our district vet today and earlier today one of the best ways to reduce that is to reduce stress so all the things we've been talking about today that can help reduce stress to those animals is a positive um the other one is that there could be underlying pestivirus issues um, if you're not controlling pestivirus within your herd that can impact weaners quite heavily and and worms as well so that drench on weaning is an important thing to do which can be done with minimal stress when you weigh them and talk to your vet about our pestivirus management program yeah absolutely and the benefit too if you are weighing them as they come in is that if you do have any of those health challenges you need to address you've ideally already got an eid tag you know their weight you can get them in and treat them more quickly and effectively because you know what dose they need um, and you can sort of act on that more quickly than seeing a sick one and having to bring it in and work out how heavy it is and take a guess and probably underdose or overdose the treatment and possibly pulling out those sick ones and putting them in another pen particularly like if they've got pink eye pink eye can spread through your wieners pretty quickly yeah it can go through so quickly a health pen um, or a, a hospital pen is a good thing to have there if you've got access to it and just it gives you an opportunity to keep a closer eye on those animals that are unwell and make sure they're getting the treatment that they need but yeah as you said it it takes them out of the bigger population and animal health we spoke about this earlier we just might emphasize it again try to get all that done before the weaning process so marking and branding before weaning yeah if there's one thing you can do to help with stress on your weaners it's to get all that done ahead of time for so many benefits as we said you're not running them through and giving them vaccinations and giving them an, an immune Um, an immune reaction which is some sort of stress on the body but just the physical activity of doing that you've given them an opportunity to actually go through and have those things done and get used to being in the yard you've given them that opportunity to be away from mum for a bit so that's not as big a stress for them it's it's a real positive to be able to get all that done beforehand and it just makes it easier on weaning day when your sole focus is is weaning and making sure that's done well and from the point of weaning they may just plateau for a week or so, but afterwards you want them on definitely on a rising plane in nutrition. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's important too to get a weaning weight on them as well so you can track that when they come through the yards next time so you can see if they're, if they're doing well and ideally pick that up before you start to notice it in their condition as much. But that really comes down to a factor of stress and feed um, and adequate water. And as you go, and if you're tracking these weights, you'll know year on year the little things that you can put in place that will make a big difference long term 
Yeah, it's like everything we do with farming. It's important to write down what you do, how it went, and how you could do it better the next time because our memories tend to fade from year to year. And so if you're sort of pulling out your, your book of what you did last year and what your results were, how many were sick, what they were sick with, what your weaning weights were, um, sort of 30 days or a month before you're actually physically weaning, it gives you a chance to review that and put some systems in place to make this year more effective. Um, and as we were talking about earlier too, even with just with preg scanning cows and things, if you are weighing those animals when they come in, it gives you a chance to actually pick up those those cows potentially that are weaning a smaller calf, whether it be because she was late in calf or just not doing as good a job on them. So heading into a, um, a forecast that's showing it could end up getting dry again through spring and summer, it really gives you a chance to drill down and start to um, triage and work out which of those cows might be your first to, to head off that aren't doing the best job. Yeah, that's some very valid advice there. And with our, particularly our heifer cohort, if we want them to be going forward after weaning, can you talk a little bit on udder development? Yeah, look, another podcast, love me a podcast, <laughs> yeah. Max. But no, it was, it's been really interesting because quite often what we'll see, um, and I was listening to an old farmer that was talking about in his dad's herd, they had these really beautiful, big, productive cows, good udder that were producing phenomenal wiener heifers. They'd retain the, the heifer in herd, come to lactation, and they'd be disappointed with her lactation because she just wasn't milking well. And over the years, they started to work out that that was because she'd done so well as a heifer. She'd had excess fat development in the udder, which can affect lifetime milk production. But then her, if they retained her daughter, the granddaughter of that really good cow to start with would go on and be back to what the grandmother was milking well because she didn't have as easy a start in the beginning. She had more of a moderate growth rate rather than a really pumping growth rate from that really good milk to start with. So it is important, particularly with the, the seasons we've had where we have had an abundance of green feed and we're finding calves are really good. It's nice to see those big fat sappy wieners and, and calves on mum. But it is important with your heifers just to moderate and be tracking their weight gain because you don't want to be pushing them too fast and end up with an issue where their lifetime milk production is affected. Um, so sort of you can keep them ticking along at sort of 0 0.7, 0 0.8 kilos a day and keep them going at that rate, then you're on track to get them hitting that critical mating weight to join when you're joining as well. Ideally as a sort of 15, 16 month old to carve it too. Yeah, it definitely is a balancing act. You don't want them to go too um, too light or too heavy. Yeah, and look, it really just plays back into that, making sure when you're going in your paddock and you, you might be checking your leaks and checking your fences and stuff, that you do take the time to actually look at the cows as well. I, I love looking at the cows in the paddock myself. Um, but yeah, just taking the time to actually look and see. And if you do notice your heifers are doing doing really well this season, they're doing a great job on them, just thinking to what impact that could have in the long term because while it might be great to have them pumping along and you do notice you start to notice that bit of fat accumulation in the udder um might be worth just just tracking some of those gains and i think we tend to focus on the steers um everyone gets really caught up on what weight my steers are doing and how many steers are going, doing and where they're going to go but the bottom line is you already have the end market for your steers regardless of if they go up 250 kilos at weaning or 400 kilos into a feeder market the end point for them is always the same where it's your heifers where the opportunity is so sort of monitoring your heifers is really important from that young age to make sure you're developing that heifer well for minimum cost and maximum benefit at the back end. Yeah, some very valid advice there. So if we circle back to our weaning, is there anything else you want to emphasise? Uh, look, I've harped on about it, but really the key is, is stress reduction and weaner education. Anything you can do in those regards is, is going to make a big difference for you at the back end. Um, 
and the other thing is too like max and myself are here we love talking about this stuff and could sit here all day chatting about it so if you do want some help sort of reviewing your weaning practices on farm that's what we're here for to, to help you with that to make sure you're getting the most benefit yeah so definitely reach out we're more than happy to chat about these things <laughs> yep <laughs> and thank you very much for your time today and sharing your knowledge no thanks for having me if you like today's episode hit the subscribe button feel free to jump onto our facebook page productive producer thanks again for listening and stay tuned for more episodes